0: go ahead and open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great day, and we thank you for this virtual way of gathering together to be about the study of your word. And now, Lord, we ask that you bless this time, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So this is an interesting little verse. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. Any thoughts on that? right out of the gate
1: we have a natural in- inclination to the law
0: yeah for,
1: for the law yes I, I should say
0: for the law yeah it's it's <clears throat> is it speaking about everybody or just christians <coughs> allergies yeah sure <laughs> i've been having some too um it's as Everybody, I will put my law. Here's a cool thing I can do. Watch this. I can annotate, and I can do uh, a box. Where's the box? I want to do my box anyway. I can annotate. Um, it's not a stamp or oh, there it is. I can. I will put my law within them and on on their hearts. And putting them on their hearts. Is that just the people of God from days of old or is that everybody? Everybody. I think it's everybody, right? That's the where we say that, you know, everybody has some sense of the the truth. Everybody has some sense that you shouldn't murder and you shouldn't steal and you shouldn't commit adultery and all that kind of stuff. Hey Pops. Do I hear Pops? Hey. Hey, what happened? You were able to join yeah, us. Yeah, that's me.
2: That's
0: wow. right. I finally got it figured out. <laughs> well, that's good. Save it for next week. Old man thing, you know. <laughs> we are going to... to... Oh, I need a bit here. There you go. Sorry, my wife. I do that too. It's okay.
1: <laughs> she was told to cover this. I don't... So,
0: it's a conspiracy thing, but I do it too. You'd rather see her than me. Trust me. <laughs> So what we've been talking about for a while, and uh, like last week, um, I actually forgot what we list, talked about two weeks ago, and I had to go back into it, but um, we were talking about love begun and never finished, and Pastor Wolfmiller has some interesting things to say. Um, if love is begun and never finished, what does that limitation of our life of love do?
1: Sorry, got, I got kind of lost there.
0: If, if, can you repeat no, that No, that's okay. Well, uh, we've been leading into this beginning of love uh, thing for several months now, it seems. And um, the, the question that comes up is, if life has begun and never, or if love is begun and never finished, um, that's a limitation on our life of love. What does it do? What does it bring about? What does it cause? Wow. And the answer is it keeps the law in its proper place. Can you see how, like that first verse that we had there, you know, I, I'll put my law within them and I'll write it on their hearts. And then the limitation of our love, our inability to love perfectly and completely keeps the law in its proper place. Huh. I have to digest that. For yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it keeps the law from encroaching into the works of the gospel and the forgiveness of our sins. That's an interesting thought, isn't that? Mm-hmm. These limitations? Wouldn't you think that love would belong in the gospel? You know? Love does. But does the law belong mixed in there with the gospel? We try not to do that. Yeah, we try and keep them distinct, right? <clears throat> right. But a lot of people will will say, "Hey, I'm 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 fulfilling the law of love, and that's the gospel." Or that's just kind of a curious thought. We'll listen to a little bit from Pastor Wolf
3: <laughs> Now, here we get to the important. Well, this has all been somewhat important, but uh, to, the, to, to where the rubber starts to hit the road, and that is that the command to love shows us our sin. We're tempted to think that love is a nice word, you know, a kind of Valentine's Day word. Love is it's surrounded by hearts and, and flowers. Love, it's a, it's a word that has this great serenity to it, but love really, if love is a summary of the law, then love is really going to get after us because the command of love is then going to show us our sin. I can go to bed tonight and have a couple things checked off the list. Host cross defense, check. Make the YouTube video about the binding of the devil, check. Take out the trash. I even did that this morning, check. Love your neighbors yourself, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You see, love demands everything we've got so that love, this high standard of love, is always going to be showing us our sin. We're never done loving. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we are failures in this way so that the law is going to always show us our need for Christ.
0: What do you think about that, guys? Interesting. I were, I, me personally, never thought of
1: Love taking that role, you know, in the uses of the law or, you know, uh, the conviction of the law. Not me personally. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I f- you know, you've lived it, you know, and you know, not knowingly, but I mean, I've never addressed it that way.
0: What is our temptation when it comes to the law of love or love is a commandment? We kind of want to think that we do pretty good at it, right? Well, yep. at least yeah. when we're younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody say, "Well, you're not very loving." Oh, yes, I am. I'm very loving. Who are you? To, who do you? Who are you to tell me that I'm not a loving person? Like, I'm very loving. And then there's people that kind of go around bragging about how how loving they are, right? Yeah. Almost like a pious model. Yeah, very much like a pious model. It's like, uh, it, 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 we've talked about this some, but it's like they, they want to compare themselves to other Christians and say, you know, this person's a, a really solid whatever adjective they want to use, Christian, because they're so loving, right? They just love God, and, and they're, they're always loving their neighbor. And what what's the danger in that?
1: Well, you may uh, fall into like a, I mean, the obvious one is the um, A works kind of driven purpose, if you will. There's a few
0: words for you. Yeah, purpose driven behavior. Should we try to love? Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, we're commanded to. We're commanded to love our neighbor and who's our first neighbor. I think we don't always think about this, but we My talked about this family. a little bit in class. Our first neighbor is your family, right? Your wife, your kids, your parents. <laughs> Those are your first. You like to tap on the thing to talk to him right? Hey, Gramps, you're back on, sort of. <laughs> Can you hear us? It still says connecting audio. <laughs> Let's hope he gets connected. But we're commanded first and foremost to love our, our, our neighbor. And our first neighbor is our family before it's um, the people that live next door, the people that live around the world. And this can actually tie into what's going on in the world right now. Right. We're commanded to love our neighbor. And it's going to be so tempting for people to isolate and so much that they forget that they have, A neighbor and isolating is a loving thing for your neighbor wouldn't you think it's like I'm not gonna spread anything around that's a loving act right that's a fulfilling uh, in you know way of the (coughs) command to love your neighbor as yourself you wouldn't want somebody getting you sick so don't go get somebody else sick right so that's something to keep in mind but in the process do we do any of this stuff perfectly well, Pastor Wolf Miller kind of shared with us, no, we don't. You know, we don't love perfectly, it's only begun and never finished. So, um, the question came up in the book do we ever outgrow repentance? Well, how does repentance play into all of this? Well, you have to fail to uh, first. Mm-hmm. Well, for, yeah, we're, we're failing daily to love God with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. So do we ever outgrow repentance? No. No. Are there people that maybe think that they do? They grow, they get so good at being a Christian that they have no more need to repent, at least not daily. Well, we've heard all those that say, "Oh, I haven't
2: I haven't sinned today, or I haven't sinned for three weeks, or whatever." That's
0: yeah. kind of a uh, bold and foolish proclamation. Yeah, because really, by saying that, they're sinning. Yeah, so that's, that's true. <laughs> not as long, we we never outgrow the need for repentance as long as we live in this fallen world, because we remain sinners. And I, that I think the thinking is that some people. As they're taught, or somewhere, maybe they think they're reading in the scriptures that that um, we're to obtain, like we talked about last time, um, this Christian perfectionism that we can obtain a state where we're more and more and more Christ-like, and therefore we don't sin as much as other people. <laughs> right. But that's not true, right? It's Like, I'm not going to go around oh. saying, oh yeah, here, let me point out to you all the ways you sin because you think you're so perfect. But um, we have to be careful to not fall into that trap ourselves. We have to keep in mind that we're sinners. But some Christians don't even want to address that. They don't even want to talk about, don't talk to me about that sin stuff. Who's famous for that, right? Oh yeah. We know who. And we try not to bring his name up too much. <laughs> but um, it's... It's like, yeah, you know, you need to talk about this, and you need to talk about it for a reason. Do does this mean? Hmm. How about we forget the do? Does this mean, uh, what does this mean? How about we do it that way? What does this mean for our Christian life if we never outgrow repentance? Or like one of daily repentance. Daily repentance, right? Mm-hmm. So where did Luther get that crazy idea, right? We should daily, you know, repent, daily confess our sins, daily drown the old Adam, you know? Um, we got it from scripture, of course. The means that's part... why you always have to say the Lord's Prayer. It always covers you, Chris. Yeah. Your daily prayer. It's... Yeah. Forgive us our trespasses. Yes. It's always a safety catch. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an interesting point in and of itself where, It's like, when you don't know what else to do, pray the Lord's Prayer.
1: Right.
2: You know? Um, It covers all the bases. It does. It does.
0: So, when Jesus said repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. That's from the first of the 95 Theses. But you can see where... The, the passage in Matthew 4, 17 is where Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? We're near. Um, why was that the first real sermon that Jesus preached? <laughs> you know? Let me see if I can do this fancy thing. See if I can um, call up uh, another screen here um Bible Gateway screen and go to Matthew four. Yeah, that's that's what I was just doing. It's kind of cool this technology stuff.
1: So I'm that, not going to try that because I don't want my computer to lock. You know, do something.
0: Yeah. So Matthew 17. seventeen. I'll do it, Darren. That's okay. <laughs> where
1: you go? Where you going? Oh, you're going to the Matthew scripture.
0: Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah, I I can see it. <laughs> From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent. It's like that from that time he began to preach. So his first real sermon was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, And that was right after his baptism. What was that after? Let's find out. Let's do context. Um, Go all the way to 20 and see. Um, He was preaching something before that temptation of Jesus. Ah, it's after the temptation. Man should not live by bread alone. You shall, not, you shall worship the Lord your God. Jesus begins his ministry. There we go. Now when, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that was spoke. what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah would be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and Na, the land of Naphtali, The way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region, the shadow of death, on them light has dawned. So Jesus withdrew after his temptation to Galilee, and that's when he began his public ministry. And the very first thing he did, before even calling his disciples, was to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you think the the Jews understood repentance? That thought just occurred to me, but because he's, oh, he's basically addressing the Jews at that point, right? And they're like, "Well, we do the sacrifices, Lord. Why are you telling us we need to repent?"
1: Right. right. Well, probably, the obvious thing was we probably not understand it because Christ is still alive. I mean, you know where I'm going with this. Christ is still alive.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're, we're coming from a totally, well, you know, sometimes when you answer these questions, we're coming from with this knowledge of law and gospel. You're asking a time when there's the law. They haven't fully under, yeah, I know, I, I know that's a can of worms, but I would say no. I mean, some of us don't with upon Christ's death, after Christ's death yeah does that make any sense what i'm
0: i think so what do you guys think fred yeah i was
2: i was kind of thinking of it almost as a uh, call to uh uh, wake up and uh, uh try try to uh search the uh scriptures and and uh restore your uh the understanding of uh god's promise in 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 the uh Old Testament scriptures.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They definitely needed a wake-up call, for sure. And he's saying very clearly, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's like, I think that ties into what you were saying. It's like, well, um, here, guys, understand what's happening right now. This person person you've been waiting for (laughs) all these thousands and thousands of years, that's me, and I'm here.
1: I mean, put you okay, put yourself there. Mm. you know
0: yeah, that's a good awesome. thing to imagine sometimes. It's yeah. like, what would that be like to be standing there, a good, faithful Jew, and have this young rabbi stand up, you know, right. who's been gone for forty days? Who knows where he's been? Would you
1: understand repentance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, you mean you mean make another sacrifice? Well, I'm on my way to the temple right now. Yeah, I'm yeah, that's the yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: Would 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 they understand the uh, uh, parable of the uh, uh, virgins? Uh, mm.
0: Oh. Hmm. A good. thought. Here's another mm. one. From that time, Jesus began. Pre- oh, that's just from that is the verse. Okay, never mind.
3: Um, there's another clip from Pastor Wolf Miller show. Here we go. But then we get to point, I can't, I think point six or seven. And that is that we know that we're sinners because we actually try to love. <laughs> and here I think is, I, I, I want to get after what I see as a mistake sometimes amongst, maybe even amongst the Lutherans. And that is that I know I'm a sinner by God's word, which is true. In fact, original sin is such a deep and profound corruption that we only know it because the Bible tells us how bad we are. But we also know that we're sinners because we try to actually not sin and fail. And I think we sometimes miss that preaching, that we just want to know that we're sinners by abstraction rather than failure.
0: Oh, there's an interesting thought. We're sinners by abstraction. (laughs) It's getting philosophical. I know. Such a deep book. But, you know, trying to love, that was an interesting thought. What did he say? He said, um, I don't want to play it again, but he said, we know we're sinners because we actually try to love. An interesting turn of phrase. Well, uh, what's the definition of sin or what does sin literally mean? Well, uh, what I've heard and even heard recently is that it's like, missing the mark, right? God, God gives you a target of sorts and you try and hit the target and you don't just miss the bullseye in the center of the target or even the rings going out from the center of the target, but you miss the target period. You don't even come close to hitting the target. And if we are to
2: take that as the definition, then you have to try before you can miss.
0: Right. You have to get that, that arrow out, you know, and put it in the bow and you got to try and hit the target and then you miss and you go, what do you say to yourself when you miss? You know, oh, I'll just try harder. I'll I'll work even harder at at that, right? Um, instead of just acknowledging before God, God, I'm I'm trying. You know, I want to love my neighbor as myself. And uh, instead of bragging about how good we did during the day, we should confess our sin to God that we fell short. We didn't we didn't hit the target. We didn't even come close to the target. Um, and when we we're avoiding something, particularly when we when we confess that way, I don't know if you can. Am, are things in the way? Can you see everything? No, yeah, it's okay. fine. Yeah, okay. it's good. Um, <clears throat> it's just this idea that some people, some Christians, just don't take a position of daily confession, daily contrition. Um, I go into bed saying, Lord, you know, I've, I fell short of the mark again today. You know, tomorrow I'm going to um, wake up and I'm going to do what I can. Okay, Gary Stewart's trying to join. Let's see if Gary can join. Yes. Oh, there he is. I bet Gary went to the wrong invite.
1: It's like he's connecting to audio.
0: Yeah. All right, Mr. Stewart, you have to unmute yourself. <laughs> I don't have control over that. I, putting it out too. I wish I did have control over that. Oh, there, I unmuted you, Gary. Can you hear us? He was working on getting his audio worked out yesterday. So what was I saying? Um, I mean, we get to the end of the day, and we're we shouldn't be bragging before God, right? God, look at how awesome a day I I had. Look how much awesomeness I did, and loving people. We should be honest with Him and say, you know, um, I fell short again today, Lord. And then throw you know, just trust in His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so, what is repentance? Repentance is daily picking up our cross and following Jesus. Have have you ever heard anybody describe that idea, these verses, what it means to take up your cross? Yeah, but it's, I don't
1: know, maybe maybe I misunderstand people when I say it, but it's usually in the context of they're bearing the problems of the world. (laughs) And I've done it too, where this cross we're bearing, uh, you know, because we're dealing with this or dealing with that maybe it maybe that's me maybe that's me whatever that term is transpose or whatever right. but let's I do that yeah sometimes i am guilty of that like i'm carrying
4: the world's burdens
0: i can hear pop somewhere in the background let's see um and rudy's trying to join again yay let's hope rudy gets on that'd be great but let's let's just look at those two verses that are on the screen there. They're just different um, places where the Bible says the same thing. It says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So most people say, well, that this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus, right? Um, uh, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. A lot of people don't use Luke as their reference for this. And Luke is the place where it says daily. Yeah. I I don't. I mean, I don't. But is the cross, how how do we connect the cross to repentance? It says at the top there, repentance is the daily picking up the cross. How do we connect repentance to the cross? Hey Rudy, can you hear us again? See us again? Yes, I'm back on. All right. You have picture again now. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. And Gary was on for a minute, but he dropped off. No, he didn't. He's still there. Um What did Jesus go to the cross to do? I've been talking
1: too much. I'll let somebody It's ask. not
0: a trick question. <laughs> Shouldn't be. No. Yeah. I'll let somebody else talk. (laughs) What did Jesus go to the cross to do? To die for our sins. Yeah. To suffer the the punishment that we deserve, to pay the price that we could never pay, all that kind of stuff. So when we're told to pick up the cross, or pick up our own cross, I guess, uh, we're called to deny ourselves... Whoever wants to follow Jesus has to deny himself and take up his cross. I can't, can I, can I pay the price for my own sins by taking up my cross? No, right? So we're called to follow Jesus, which means bearing our own burdens in a sense, um, not in the sense that we bear them and pay for them, but that we acknowledge them. And that um, that leads us to repentance, right? When you acknowledge the fact that what you did today is part of what drove Jesus to the cross, then you have something to repent about. And then following Jesus is like that whole, I don't know what you guys were taught growing up, but I was taught that when you sought forgiveness from somebody or from even from God, that you would pray, and I think the Lutheran confessions say something to this effect, that you you will uh, try and do better, that tomorrow you're going to try. It's not about trying to do better to be saved. It's more about trying to do better because you know how displeasing it is to God, that kind of thing. Um, I don't want to yell at my neighbor tomorrow, Lord, give me the strength to speak kind words, that kind of thing. And then the next day, when you don't do that properly and don't do it completely, you repent of that again. Does that make any sense? Yes. When discussing the importance of baptism, ah, baptism is going to play into this. When discussing the importance of baptism, what did Luther say? He said this little phrase in the small catechism on the sacrament of holy baptism. Uh, It indicates that the old Adam in us should be daily, by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sin and evil desires and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Interesting. Hmm. Daily. Daily contrition. Daily repentance. So we're daily drowning. Drowning? I said a word. We're, da- we're daily drowning and killing, in a sense, by our by our contrition and repentance. The old Adam. Uh, we're acknowledging that he's still there. The old Adam. hangs, So that's our simul to et picarder that we have, where we're simultaneously saints, but we're also simultaneously sinners. And the old Adam every day wants to win the battle. Right. Mm-hmm. So daily, we need to acknowledge the difference um, between what we um, what we think we've accomplished and what we've actually failed to do. Um, but here's the interesting part of that so that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity. Well, if I was so miserable yesterday, how can a new man daily arise out of that? How is that uh, possible?
1: The Great Counselor, <laughs>
0: the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, if you are forgiven, does all that old stuff still, I mean, it still happened, but is it still relevant at that moment, if that's the right word? Yeah when you've been absolved of your sin your sins are forgiven what does it mean to have your sins forgiven
4: well
1: that would also be the ones that you committed that day and the ones coming tomorrow
0: yeah it's hard to it's hard to say as gary if he can hear us often says forgive me for the sin i'm about to commit <laughs> um uh there, oh I can't remember what I was gonna look up now. So never mind. <laughs> um something popped into my head. Um but um oh I don't know. Let me see if I can find this. Newness of life, I think, is what I was gonna type in. <coughs> Not gonna be too many places the word newness appears. Okay. Um we are buried therefore by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in newness of life. So that's, that's what God wants us to do, but we have to be daily drowning the old Adam and then by confession and repentance and contrition. And what is, um, Pastor Wolf Miller said this and it's, it's a, True thing, it's a biblical thing and it's a Lutheran thing. Contrition uh, repentance consists of two parts. What are those two parts? What are the two parts of repentance? Ooh. You caught me. Let's let's get this one in our heads because it's it's important to share with other people too. The first part of repentance is contrition or sorrow over sin. The second Confession. part of the, Sorry? Confession. Confession, exactly. Confession, contrition, sorrow over sin, a broken and contrite heart the Lord will not despise. Right? The second part of repentance is what? <clears throat> is it absolution. It's part of absolution. Absolution is part of it, I would say. Um see if this gets us there. Um Thanks. the word we're looking for um see if it pops up here. Um yeah. let's see here. It is in contrition the remission of sins occurs, uh, and if occurs on account of contrition, what need is there of absolution? Uh, what does the power of the keys affect if sin has been already remitted? Oh boy, this brings up some discussions that I've had with other people. Um, here indeed there also labor much more and wickedly distract from the power of the keys because the, fa- the the pastor has the power of the keys right to forgive sins in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit um not by his own power but by the power of um given to him in his office here i think this might be it but on the account of of contrition and not by faith in christ oh this is the adversary. you got to be careful when it's talking about the uh, when it flips to the adversaries sometimes. Um, but anyway, the second part, I'll just share that with you. The second part is faith. There's, there's um, repentance is, is contrition, or sorrow over sin, and then the second part is faith. When you're absolved, do you trust that that is what's happened? Do you trust that you've been forgiven? And those sins, God has those sins as far as the East is from the West, you know? what about that is there an east west thing in here is that really a scripture (laughs) sometimes I, i think things are scripture and they're not um there is east and west but it's um may not be what i'm thinking of um but we say that 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 our sins are removed from us, you know, as far as the east is from the west, basically. I'm not sure if that comes from the text or not. So Oh, here we go. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. That's pretty cool, you know. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him, who would come to him in repentance. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us? As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And only those who fear him would come to him in repentance, right? If you don't fear punishment, why would you repent? Exactly. Yep. So, kind of cool. I don't know if we're running out of time. It seems like we went well over and we're still connected. But only because there's so few of us. No, it, it, it was before you started. There was a little, It flashed up that uh, you uh, were changed to uh, unlimited time. Oh, see, my sign-up worked. Yay. Well, that's good. Ah, we'll be on here for 12 months, Chris. <laughs> well, we'll be on here hopefully every week for a little, for a little while. I hope not too long. got to get it worked out where the other people can hear and talk, too, because I kind of miss Gary chiming in right now. Well, what advice does Luther give to a person who doesn't feel um, that he needs the uh, Lord's Supper? Oh, forget about I baptism can't. and all that and the daily drowning. What what advice would Luther give to a person who doesn't feel that he needs the Supper? Oh, I can't remember this one, but I know you you someone went over this before. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah. Um, he basically said, thus... Um, for those who are of such a mind that they do not realize their condition, in other words, their need to repent, right? I know no better counsel than that they put their hand in their shirt to check whether they have flesh and blood. And if you find that you do, then go for your good to St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians and hear what sort of fruit your flesh is. Now, the works of the flesh are this, they're evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And that's not even a comprehensive full list, apparently. (laughs) So, thank you, Luther, Uh, and the Bible. Uh, Therefore, if you cannot discern this, at least believe the scriptures. They will not lie to you. And they... Uh, they know your flesh better than you yourself. Yes, St. Paul further concludes in Romans 7:18, I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. So if somebody's coming and saying, I don't need to repent. Yes, you do. Why do I need to go to the Lord's Supper? Because you need the forgiveness of sins for all those things that dwell in your flesh. <laughs> Any thoughts on that before I click to the next?
4: Of course, before uh, you go to the next. When I was a kid, when I read this about uh, drowning gold, Adam. When I was a, when I was a kid.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh, we went to the uh, courthouse in Giddings. The Lounge Club would put on a program and they would also have a movie and i can just see a part of that movie where the where an indian and a white person were battling it out and they ended up in the water one is trying to drown the other one and i don't know who won in this case but uh, i'm always reminded of that movie and that's the only movie i remember because it was on the grounds of the courthouse in Giddings.
0: Oh, okay. Thanks, Rudy. So, what does our life of love begin with? This this life of love that's begun and never done, what does it begin with? Maybe repentance? We can love maybe a little bit better today if we repent of what we didn't do well yesterday. And it's like, Lord, you command that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And boy, I know how to love myself. I take care of myself. I make sure I'm clothed and and fed and um, all these kind of things. Um, I've heard stories and they're, they're, they're crazy stories, but apparently true of um, heads of household fathers that have um, made sure that they were fed first before anybody else in the house got to go get their dinner. You know, like I'm going to make sure I have everything I need before I let anybody else go to the stove and get their food.
4: In my, family, in my family, the father always got food first, and the mother last, and we went by age.
0: Well, you had a bigger wow. family, though, right?
4: Went, well, we were nine kids.
0: Yeah. Why did Dad go first, Rudy?
4: Because mother would always tell him to, uh,
0: Yeah, he was obeying Mom. <laughs> <laughs> none of
1: us do that do we
0: (laughs) (laughs) dad was the one that was the breadwinner he was one that was working the hardest so it made sense that he would um go first and there's nothing wrong with dad going first right
1: kind of like a respect thing patriarchal archa
0: Patriarchal
1: respect i'm not
0: Mm -hmm. trying to say that that um dad going first is wrong i'm probably just trying to point out that if dad goes first and dad takes what too much food yeah and the pot starts getting empty and there's nine kids in line waiting
1: for food it's kind of like eating after my brother he's scooping everything out asking if you want any more while he's putting it on his plate yeah yeah
0: what's what's loving to your neighbor to your family to to empty the pot and say well you know y'all are out of luck or to take yours if you're if you're going first and then make sure there's plenty for others. I think this was
4: a matter of respect.
0: Yeah, it's a matter of respect. But that respect should be used in such a way that it also is loving back to neighbor, perhaps. So making sure that that everybody gets enough, you know. Um, Being so bound up to repentance What are our good works called? This is interesting. When the Bible speaks of good works, what does it call them? Sometimes they're filthy rags. That's true. (laughs) All our works are as filthy rags. But the works that God, good works that God works in us, What would those be called?
1: I don't know if this is it, but acts of kindness, acts of love.
0: Is that where you're going with it? I mean, a little bit. Um, (laughs) It's what they call the fruits of. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the good works that God wants us to do are. What are the fruits of repentance in the Bible? Do I have a passage here? It just—I have Matthew three eight that says, "Bear fruit yeah. in keeping with repentance." That fruit is—is is a couple things. One of the things when the Bible talks about fruit is it's um, sometimes like the the fruit of faith and things like that. It's referring to what you say. Um, do you confess Jesus as the Christ? Do you speak what Scripture speaks? you know, purely, um, that's a fruit, what comes out of our mouth. But it can also be um, love, peace, patience, kindness, (laughs) those kind of things. Um, Repentance is, that is, our sorrow over our sin and faith in the Lord's promise of forgiveness is the tree from which good works flower on and which its fruits are found. Isn't that interesting? so those who are repentant and you have faith so you have contrition you have sorrow over sin which is the contrition part and you have faith in the lord's promise of forgiveness that's the faith part the two components that's the tree from which good works blossom and and flow you can you can best do you can best do good works is that that's weird um by being repentant. But then I'm only focusing on what I did wrong, right? (laughs) Um, Fruit, let's see, what's that fruit stuff? Fruit. Fruits of the Spirit, same kind of concept. Yeah, about the fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. right? But all that other stuff that he pointed out before that that we just read a minute ago, um, things that cause envy and strife, the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are all these other nasty things And the work of the Spirit, the work of faith, the work of the forgiven, um, there's all these other cool things. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh, there's picking up your cross, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So, cool.
1: Yeah, Chris, I don't know if you've been seeing uh, – but past, my pastor, Pastor Hull, has been – uh, during this time of the season, did Christ die for the fill-in-the-blank, and each day he has a different subject, if you will, you know, uh, uh-huh. thief, porn addict, whatever. And at first, when you see it, it kind of startles you. You kind of see some of the names he's filling in that blank, but you've made me think of this, that he's been doing a uh, dedication to the myriad of – things he has stand in for you know christ yeah yeah it's been kind of a
0: stinging rebuke you know (laughs) what do we want to do with that we want to say well but look at the other one (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. did god die we don't know we don't think hitler is in eternity because of who he was and all that stuff and we can't i would never say he is but um but did god die for hitler too Yes, and yeah. it's amazing how
1: Hitler's always everybody's favorite target. There's a lot of other
0: bad people. Oh sure, Osama <laughs> bin Laden and
1: or uh, somebody's harmed you. You know, did, I mean, I, yeah. you
0: know. did God die for the that person that keeps cutting you off every week, every day on the road? You know, yeah. Um, what is a distinct mark of Lutheran theology? It's this notion that um, of the beginning of love, love, the start of love. Um- Some people seem to think want to talk about the it more in a completed way, I guess. But we mostly speak about it being begun. Our good works and our lives of sacrifice are only begun. They're never finished. If they were finished, what then? If our works of service were finished, if we could love perfectly, then what?
4: Then we'll be in heaven.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we'd have no need for a savior. Say again? Was like that that was I think I may have been Gary trying to. Oh, is he trying a microphone, maybe? Gramps is trying to get back in, so I'm going to let him back in. Or Pops. Gramps or Pops? Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you can keep the law perfectly, if you can love perfectly, then you don't really have a need for a Savior. It's the fact that we can't keep it perfectly and we have to repent daily that shows us our need for a Savior. Faith brings the Holy Spirit and produces a, life, a new life in hearts. It must also produce spiritual movements in the heart. This is what faith does. The prophet Jeremiah shows what these movements are when he says, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. That was our, our opening verse there. Um, therefore, when we have been justified by faith and regenerated, we begin to fear and love God. We begin to, this is from our confessions from the Apology, Um, We begin to fear and love God, to pray to him, to expect aid from him, to give thanks and praise to him, and to obey him in times of suffering. We also begin to love our neighbor because our hearts have spiritual and holy movements. These things cannot happen until we have been justified through faith and regenerated, meaning we receive the Holy Spirit first, because the law cannot be kept without Christ, Likewise, the law cannot be kept without the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is received through faith, as Paul declares in Galatians 3.14, that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Also remember, how can the human heart love God when it knows that he is terribly angry and is oppressing us with earthly and endless distress, like right now? The law always accuses us. It always shows that God is angry. God is not loved until we receive mercy through faith. Not until then does he become someone we can love from the apology. Any thoughts on that? God is angry, guys. What do you do with an angry God? How do you love an angry God?
1: Cling to Christ's robe.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You can only love him because you've received his mercy. He's been merciful to you, a poor, miserable being. And that allows us to begin to love him. And I guess there's Christians out there that think that they're doing it much better than other people, which is kind of curious. If only be faith. It is only by faith that our life of love is begun, our love of neighbor is begun, our prayers are begun. Boy, I really need spell check. <laughs> Ooh, that's bad. That's seriously bad. <laughs> I mean if our prayers were finished, if our love for our neighbor was finished, then what do we got what do we got to do? You know? Do we have anything to pray about right now? Plenty. Oh yeah. You know? How many of us are are spending a lot of our free time, a lot of our locked-in time doing that. Trying to, but because I'm not doing it perfectly, I need to repent of that. just ties in. With works begun but never done, what, what are we free to do? Oh, that's a tricky question. With our works begun but never done, what are we free to do?
1: with works begun, but never done? Chris, what? it's too early for that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those lifelong riddles.
4: <laughs>
0: well, I think about it. It's like, well, it's, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm only, just messing with you. My, 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 my life of love is only begun, so what am I free to do? It's almost like, well, you're free to talk about works without the worry of legalism or pride. Because if you can, if you can say you've done it, then you're going to go off into the side of things that, that's, you know, you're going to be too proud of yourself. So it's almost as if God gives us this incompleteness about it so that we don't go into the pride side if we think about it rightly. You know, I can love my wife better today. I can love my son better today. I can love my neighbor better today. Um, and then, when I don't, I can go to the Lord in repentance and trust in the promise that I'm forgiven, right Pastor needs to have like a chain of like if you need a confession and absolution, you know sign up, and I'll Skype everybody throughout the day. <laughs> Oh, man. He'd be very busy. Uh, well, work. I mean,
1: if you think about it, that's the confessional chamber in the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. Somebody sitting there, that's not all bad, right? I mean, it's not 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 everything needs to be thrown out. theres
0: He can't put his hand on your head and, yeah. you know, it's just a great thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, you know, in the state kind of the commandment, you know. But he could at huh? least absolve us over... Over the internet right can you, I don't want to put that out there on the forums and and ask people can pastors forgive you in the name and by the stead virtually that'd be a good question but uh, they did in in, in uh, last Sunday's
2: uh, service
0: well there you go yeah I mean I think so. I think it's a matter, it's it's more a matter of hearing the words, and you don't think you have to necessarily be in the presence of the words. But it has to be, it seems to me, and I'm not sure about this, it has to be not watching a replay of some sermon where somebody did that. I think it has to be more, maybe I'm being too legalistic about it, but, you know, where it has to be like, this, upon your confession, upon what you just said, I as a called and ordained servant. So, the pastor kind of seems, it seems to me the pastor has to hear it in a manner of speaking. But I don't know. That's a good, just, a, just one well, of but, those things that we ponder nowadays. Okay, but 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 the the other part of it is our our
2: own faith has to uh, uh, be engaged in it as well.
0: Right. Well, those two components of contrition and faith. Right. Are you contrite, whether the pastor can hear you or not? And do you have faith in the promise? But then you, you don't want to get to a point where you can absolve yourself. You know, a lot of Christians take that position where they're like, I, I don't have to go before this guy in the robe to be forgiven because I know I'm forgiven. I can, in a sense, forgive myself. You know, um, I think it's good. I think it's great. I think that but I'm just wondering about that whole, like, if I watched last week's sermon do I receive the same absolution as if I'm watching this week's sermon live, you know, that kind of thing. I hope so. (laughs) That was then and this is now. Yeah. Speaking always of the beginning of works helps keep them in their proper place. So what does it maintain? I think we're getting to the end guys. I'm going to miss you guys till next week. Um, speaking always of the beginning of works helps keep them in their proper place, right? So love is always begun and never finished. So you don't have to think I finished it today. I don't have to do it tomorrow. Um, I don't, I, or even later today. Um, what does it maintain, though? Hmm.
2: What well, maintains that somebody has to come and fulfill uh, those?
0: Yeah. What did Jesus do for us? He kept the law of love perfectly, right? But it it maintains the centrality of our faith. And what is the centrality of our faith? I'm not sure if this is the same thing, but there's a thing called the rule of faith when you're studying the scripture, but there's the centrality of faith. What's at the center of our faith?
2: I'll give the Sunday School answer: Jesus.
0: Yes, perfect answer. The um, it's the without it's the cross without the cross and without the resurrection. Right, Um, Jesus living the perfect life, suffering and dying for us um, because we are poor, miserable sinners that need to drown the old Adam daily and repent be contrite. Can you, can you make yourself contrite? There's a passage about, can we make ourselves contrite?
1: I say no, because what do we start off with the very first? The inscription upon our hearts. Does that make us contrite?
0: The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O Lord, you will not despise. Hmm. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly, to revive the heart of the contrite. All these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. How does that tie in? Remember we started out saying, are we ever done repenting? It's kind of pointing to the fact that, you know, the lowly in spirit, the contrite in spirit are those that have never lose sight of the fact that they have to repent, right? Am I wrong about that? No. So, you know, some people, I guess, will confuse things and they'll say, well, you're just looking for reasons to be hard on yourself. Maybe I don't know, but um i'm not I'm not looking to make myself contrite, I'm not like looking to because you can be pious about being contrite, can't you <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, oh, yes,
0: oh look how humble I am, Lord,
1: so how self- deprecating we are, yeah, you
0: know yeah, but no. is that what we're called? I think what we one thing I had to learn was is that that when it, the lord says be humble it really should probably say be humbled the word of god the law of god the law of love humbles us It should show us that we can't do this perfectly not that we shouldn't try and do it perfectly we absolutely should try and do it perfectly but it shows us that we can't do it perfectly if we're honest with ourselves and that leads us to repentance which leads us to forgiveness which leads us to the next minute next day <laughs> the next hour whatever where we try hard we try again and we're not trying harder in the sense of some parts of christianity say just do more try harder we're just saying we We have the law written on our hearts. We know that we're supposed to love God and love our neighbor. We know that we're supposed to be um, patient and kind and self-controlled and all these things, and then just being open and honest to acknowledge that we fail at it, and when we fail, we just don't go, it's all good, it's all good. Instead, we go before our God and we say, Lord, I have sinned against you and thought, word, and deed, and things I've done and things I've failed to do and things I've said and things I've failed to say and things I've thought and things I've failed to think. I justly deserve your punishment, your temporal and eternal punishment. Oh my gosh, how dare we confess that? Right? I, we deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. That's what we deserve in our flesh but for Christ's sake, have mercy on me and forgive me all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness so that I can walk in newness of life as imperfectly as I'm going to do that. Well, I like the idea, Chris. Um, You know, we always
1: go back to keeping it simple, you know, that saying, the kiss statement, but not. it's just how uh, you know, if we just focus on that, we don't slide into what's so popular today, this kind of Christian psychology, where we turn it into something else and acts of improvement, inspiration, you know, we put it in a blender and kind of push puree. And, you know, you kept it very just focused, you know, like the two parts early on with, uh, you were talking about uh, uh, contrition and and uh, the, the fruits of faith. And I, I think that I needed to hear that today for sure that I'm going back a little bit early on. I don't know if y'all remember that, but, uh, but I see so much today where it, it's not I, just a kind of a uh, warning signs of where a lot of us can kind of get into some of these where I, I see a lot of just people just taking psychology and mixing it with scripture and mixing it up, you know, like a paint bucket. And I think we've got to watch that,
0: yeah. you know. I've got a great article in my files called the intrusion of psychology into the church. Yeah. And psychology in and of itself, isn't a bad thing.
1: No, it's not. I wanted to make sure I said that as well. It's not at all. It's a, my tool. daughter's going to be one.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> <It's> and, <not. laughs> and my, my daughter-in-law is going to be a counselor or a yeah. social worker. And and her mom is the counselor. It's as it's, is Haley. Yes. It's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool that has to fall into like reason, it has to fall under the scriptures, not right over the scriptures. Right. So, yeah. You know, if you
1: ever want to see a kind of like where we talk in other words, where our own human reasoning is, and I don't want to get too far off this, but it, there there is, to use the words fruits to watching this, at first I was just like, I, it was just curiosity. But if you ever have a chance and be guarded with it, you can see where human reasoning where you're replacing your god and yourself in his stead is scientology
0: oh okay
1: and i did not know this and i don't want to get too far into it and just seeing you know you know people go this is insane this is ridiculous it's what pop culture doing their own reasoning right and the reason i say that is you brought up we brought up psychology is they see that as they are at war with psychologists You know, that's that's their biggest heresy of psychology. So I don't get too far off that, but human reasoning creates you as your own God in Scientology. Oh, yeah. So, you know, some people would laugh at that, but I see that going on in some Christian churches. Human reasoning sneaks in to take primacy, you know, and uh, it happens. it, It happens in Christian churches
0: it does it does totally yeah, yeah. and uh, that's just a danger that we have to be careful
1: scholasticism of. during yeah. Luther's time right mm-hmm. scholasticism and all that
0: yeah yeah we have to be careful we have to be careful what, is, what takes magisterial position over right yeah any other thoughts guys want to do this again next week? Sure. Yeah. Figure out how to get more guys on the, on the line. That would be great. So some of it's just technology. Some of us uh, might need a webcam, which is easy enough to get. I've got a couple of old ones. Um, if we have trouble with being able to get online and hear and talk, it might be a setting on the computer or it might be um, just having to get a, a head, one of the, you know, an earbud with a microphone and plug it into the, the jack and seeing if that works better. Um, some people have to do that. I brought a, a headset today just in case what I was doing didn't work. Um, but it can be as simple as that just plugging in a headset or uh, earbuds and then it'll connect differently that way. So, uh, we'll, we'll work this out. We got a whole nother week. To do that and i don't have that much work so <laughs> we'll get it worked out shall we close in prayer guys yes sir heavenly Father we thank you for gathering us together in this virtual way to be about the study of your word now Lord we ask your blessing on our on our planet lord on our on our our world on our country on our neighborhoods Lord we pray that your uh, your will be done, Lord, but we pray for a quick end to this coronavirus uh, outbreak and, and spread, Lord, and help people to be wise, to think of their neighbor, to do what's loving for their neighbor, to, to not live in panic and fear, for we're not supposed to have a, a spirit of, of fear amongst us, Lord, uh, but to, to just do what we know is best for our neighbor, including that starts with our family. Uh, for those who are sick, Lord, keep them particularly safe at this time. For those who have conditions that might make them more susceptible, just guard and protect them. Surround them with healthy people and keep them from uh, from anything that could be harmful to them. Uh, bring this to a, a quick resolve, Lord, and let uh, let us all uh, learn from this, whatever you would have us learn from it, and grow in love for neighbor. And remember, Lord, that daily we need to repent and daily trust in the forgiveness of sins that you won for us on the cross. Guard and protect us, Lord. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, hi. Now that the class is over, I'll remind you to like and follow and subscribe and share because we'll be posting the most current as American Christianity Failed? Bible study every week during this lockdown, shut in, waiting all this out time. And then we'll get back to also posting the classes from the beginning. So tune in every week and we'll talk with you then. God's blessings on your day.